Welcome to this Purdue Engineering Podcast featuring research that addresses critical issues related to societal resilience in the face of crises and efforts to engineer long-term solutions for a more robust future. My name is Destiny White and I am a junior in nuclear engineering here at Purdue. This is one of four episodes featuring nuclear engineering at Purdue and we'll be speaking with Clive Townsend, the supervisor of PUR1, Purdue University's Reactor 1. Welcome, Clive. One of the reasons I feel lucky to be able to study nuclear engineering here at Purdue is because we have a 10 kilowatt nuclear reactor on campus. For listeners who might not know about PUR1, can you explain what is special about the reactor at Purdue and how it is used for education and research? There are 25 reactors across the country at 24 different universities, and Purdue's reactor is one of those. So while it's smaller than some of its peers, it's very, very flexible as a research and teaching institution. So as a student, instead of just going to a nuclear engineering school and doing basic labs, you can get your hands on an actual reactor doing actual experiments and actual research. Uh, One thing we'd like to say is that all of our students will have the opportunity to spend time on the reactor before they graduate. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that since I have that to experience later down in my nuclear career. So could you please explain what your job entails as a supervisor of a nuclear reactor? As the supervisor of the PUR1, I take care of most of the day-to-day operations. So this includes regulatory compliance and maintenance, uh, help to set our operational schedule, and what kind of uh, research that we'll get involved with. I work very closely with Dr. Robert Bean, uh, who is the facility director, and together we keep the reactor ready for uh, teaching and training purposes. So PUR1 was recently upgraded to have all digital instrumentation and controls. How will these upgrades expand teaching, research, and outreach capabilities? The move for the PUR1 to a fully digital control and instrumentation system was really a first in the U.S. fleet of nuclear reactors, including both industry and research facilities. These upgrades enable us to do several things. First is that as the U.S. fleet continues to age, we will see upgrades and new builds, and all of these upgrades and new builds are going to include some digital components. And we will work at Purdue to understand what types of new failure mechanisms are introduced in digital components, but also how does the resiliency of the reactor improve? When you have a digital component, it's much easier to replace because it's just commercially available off the shelf for everything that we're using. So this new digital paradigm, especially in the nuclear space, has a lot of low-hanging fruit where we can enhance the reliability and the resiliency of the industrial fleet. From a teaching standpoint, if Purdue University is looking to engage the next generation of nuclear engineers, these are students that have never lived in a world that don't have smartphones, that don't have tablets and laptop computers, and they expect a digital experience. And so by engaging them on a teaching platform that is more digitally oriented, they're more relatable and they can they can understand what's going better than if I give them more analog and traditional dials that they would see in today's fleet. And then from an outreach standpoint, Purdue as a land-grant school has a mission to engage the public and educate them on the 
topical areas of the day. And nuclear power as an industry is seeing its best time in the last 30 years. And so when we're doing new and exciting and applicable research, it makes that connection with the public much easier. So as a student who has yet to work with the reactor, I understand that there's a lot of appeal to marketing the reactor towards my generation, but at the same time, do you think those skills that we learn from this reactor will be easily transferable to um, you know, industry and government organizations who maybe aren't as updated? It's a really good question. So what I would say is this, when going to a major research-oriented institution like Purdue, the first thing we're going to address is the fundamental characteristics of how a nuclear reactor works, how the safety systems work, and how those two systems work together to provide electricity to the grid. And the fundamental physics have not changed. It's just how we control and operate the reactor. So you as a student should be prepared when you go into industry to take your fundamental knowledge and apply it in unique and diverse settings. Because there are so many opportunities in the nuclear space, either for upgrades or for the small modular reactor and micro reactor fleets, that you'll be uniquely positioned as a Purdue student to have had experience in a digital reactor setting, in a small reactor setting. And then on top of that, you have the traditional lab experience. Well, I know I'm already enjoying my Purdue nuclear engineering experience, but what would you want potential students to know about pursuing a career in nuclear engineering? Pursuing a a career in nuclear engineering is much more broad than I think the general public realizes. So there's everything from medical applications and medical isotopes to military and defense to energy and power production and even radiation safety for astronauts, for example. And so when you pursue a degree in nuclear engineering, Really what you're doing is understanding how to use atomic scale principles and apply them at the macroscopic level. And you shouldn't just think about it as electricity generation alone. So that's the first thing is that it's much more broad than one would think. Secondly, is that when we look at the nuclear industry in the last 30, even 40 years, Today, in 2020, is the best time to become a nuclear engineer. There is broad public support uh, by both the potential Biden administration and the Trump administration in providing more nuclear power to the grid. There is significant amounts of development going on in the entrepreneurial space with companies like the Oklo Reactor and TerraPower and new scale, all of them developing unique reactor systems to deploy in places that traditional nuclear hasn't been. On top of that, we have 20% of the nation's electricity supply, but over 50% of the non-carbon emitting electricity comes from nuclear power. So when we look at those things together, there's really no better time than today to become a nuclear engineer. And if you're looking to be on the forefront of both impact on a societal standpoint and benefit in your future career, nuclear engineering is a really great choice. So you've been involved in outreach with high school students to introduce them to nuclear engineering. And why do you think it's important to reach students before they get to college? Oh, I love this question. So 
if we think of if you as a listener or you just you destiny as an interviewee think about the first time that you heard about nuclear really anything it was probably with world war ii and the manhattan project and because nuclear engineering developed out of this military application a lot of times the connotations that come with it are initially negative and then the nuclear community works to shift us back towards understanding the difference between what is nuclear power production and nuclear weapons. And so when we engage students earlier, we are dispelling that nuclear weapons myth uh, set earlier. So it's really, really important to do that. Secondly, is that you know when we talk to even my parents and your parents, a lot of the things that drove them in their career decisions were the availability of jobs and the potential salary that they would receive in those jobs. For today's college cohort and those that are coming you know, in high school right now, it's more about the impact that they'll have. Of course, they still want to be employed and they still want to make a decent salary, but it's about how they can positively impact the world that matters to them first and the salary comes second. And so pointing out that nuclear has significant benefits from an environmental standpoint, whether that's you know medical or power production or agriculture, it's a positive benefit first. And by engaging the high school students earlier, you know we're moving away from that World War II introduction phase and moving towards positively impacting the world. So it's so clear that you're passionate about this work and you can hear it in your voice and your energy, but can you explain what that driving factor is and why you are so passionate about this? There's a couple reasons that I am passionate about it. And I think that it's partly related to why I like to talk about climate change or politics in general. It's because I like to you know, take something that is misunderstood and look at it from all points of view. And when I was getting into nuclear engineering, it would have been in the 2010 to 2014 range when I was first getting in and Fukushima had just happened. And so, you know, if you look at the data, the safety level of nuclear, even including the the major accidents that we've had, still far outperforms any of the carbon emitting alternatives. And so, For me, I think that it's because it's on the threshold of misperceptions by the public and advocacy by the nuclear community and bridging that gap that makes me interested. On top of that, I'm very much in the digital and computer programming space and those type of technology applications. And I can see the way that that is evolving in the nuclear industry. We had digital technology and applications in the aviation industry decades ago, but the nuclear industry is far, far behind. And I think that that provides significant opportunity for a meaningful career. So Clive, how do you see nuclear energy being used in the next five, 10, and even 20 years? As I mentioned before, it's a really exciting time to be in the nuclear power space. So the hot topics right now are small and modular reactors, micro reactors, 
as well that are going to be deployed in spaces that traditional nuclear hasn't been able to use as customers. So for example, yesterday's fleet of nuclear reactors were on the gigawatt size and would service an area of approximately a million people. But tomorrow's nuclear reactors are much smaller. And so you'll be able to put in one or two or three modules, uh, up to 12 for new scale. And that will provide a customer base that was just too small for traditional nuclear. And so as that fleet gets to be built out, that'll be a meaningful area for nuclear energy. Another important application that's coming up soon with the work of Elon Musk and SpaceX is space applications of nuclear power. So if you're going to do a deep space mission, there's simply no way to do it with a traditional chemical energy production. When you get too far from the sun, there's not enough for solar power, and that really leaves nuclear as the only option. So there are several projects underway uh, in the very beginning stages with NASA where they're developing these reactors for space. So there'll be fission-based reactors. And interestingly enough, we've already put a couple operating nuclear reactors into space. So the United States did one and the former Soviet Union did a few that are still up there orbiting somewhere. And so operating a nuclear reactor is significantly more challenging in space because we rely on heat transfer and that ultimately relies on the fluid mechanics of whatever working meeting you have. But when that's in microgravity, you know, the rules of the game kind of change. So that's a really exciting application that, you know, won't be deployed for 10 years, but probably on the 20 year timeframe. And there will be many, many careers that are built on these types of applications. So an exciting little niche area that's coming into play now. I'm really grateful to Purdue's nuclear engineering department because everyone, every professor, and most of the students are so passionate and it's very clear that this is what they want to do and they recognize the importance. So I would like to thank you specifically for your time today and for sharing about Purdue's nuclear reactor and outreach program. With that, we're going to close our podcast, but be sure to listen to our other Purdue engineering podcasts featuring nuclear engineering faculty and see the show notes on the podcast website for additional information about Purdue University's nuclear engineering. Tune in next month for more from the College of Engineering.